0: This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. So this is our next in our series of uh, Economic Development is More Important Than Ever podcasts. And today I'm talking with Keith Gillenwater. And uh, Keith is the president and CEO of Grow Wabash County. So Keith, thanks for taking time.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on here. It's been right. a little while since I've gotten to see you.
0: Well, your luck has run out, Keith. <laughs> um, uh, so now, uh, what we've been trying to focus on with, with these is really talking about some of the things that economic developers are, are already doing in their communities to try to help mitigate some of the, the damage uh, and some of the effects of the COVID-19 crisis. So talk a little bit about things that you've been doing uh, sort of already working with your business community, uh, some of the stuff that that's been occupying your time over the last few weeks.
1: So um, it's been an interesting time, right? It's so I've been an economic developer long enough that I've been through other crises in the past, um, being in a RV county in 2009 and dealing with the you know, the millions of square feet of empty buildings and things like that through um, today's crisis, right? Um, I will say this one definitely, uh, obviously, it came on really quickly that no one saw coming. And then this recovery out of it as, you know, now that the economy um, is starting to allow it to become back a little bit, and those restrictions have been loosened, uh, you know, just two days ago, I guess. Um it's, uh, it's interesting to see what will happen. So from an organization standpoint, it's been kind of a trying time for us. It was not anything that we saw coming. And so there wasn't something that we could really prepare for. And so as an economic development organization, and we're also a chamber of commerce as well, we had to stop and react to the situation that was presented to us. And so in the course of a few days you know or maybe a week you saw um the economy all shutting down you know restaurants businesses everything small businesses uh non-essential businesses all starting to close and so we had to react to that so uh first and foremost we put our heads together to say who are the businesses that are going to be affected by this the most and how do we help And then how do we long-term start planning for the next? And by long-term, I mean a week later, two weeks later, how do we start planning out for things that we can do as an organization to help the businesses? So our immediate term was, all right, businesses that unexpectedly had to close, how do we help them with cash flow? So our first thing was, hey, we can go out and buy gift cards, right? So we went out to, I don't know, a dozen restaurants around the county, um, and started giving away gift cards. We bought a bunch of $50 gift cards, started doing giveaways on our website, you know, Hey, when, um, when such and such business opens back up, what's your favorite dish, Adam, or what's the best thing that you don't think somebody else has tried, you know? And so we tried to get some marketing social engagement going on that. And we would get several hundred comments and you know, on that and people would do that. So we did, uh, you know, maybe $500 worth of gift cards or something like that, that we started giving away. Um, That was the first thing. The next thing that we started looking at is what are the the structures that we have in place that we could utilize? And so we have traditionally had a revolving loan fund um, that was originally a USDA funded revolving loan fund program. Oh, back in, I think maybe 2001, 2003, uh, we had received some USDA loans prior to my time in Wabash County for sure. Um, so we started looking and brushing that off. We had not made a new loan uh, out of that fund since I think maybe 2014, uh, maybe even 2013. We had refinanced one loan out of that and we had had a couple that had defaulted uh, you know, coming out of the recession. And so a lot of the funds had either already been loaned out at that point or had been written off. And so when I started here in 15, there wasn't a lot of funds that we, if we wanted to do a loan that we could have done it with. And so one of the things that we had been doing for the last five years was, um, the two loans that were still outstanding were paying off. And we actually, uh, uh, one that we had written off decided to start paying us again as well, you know, as a surprise. So we had built that fund back up. And so, When this came, we uh, at this point had you know around $100,000 sitting in a loans fund that we could potentially use, and so we we dusted off the criteria for that, made sure we were good with USDA, and started advertising our revolving loan fund. Um, In the meantime, we worked with the city of Wabash um, and Mayor Long's office to see if there was the ability to uh, offer some rapid rapid response loans is what we called them. Um, and that would not be the traditional USDA criteria, which had a set interest rate that we were going to charge and those kinds of things. And uh, the mayor's office was, was happy to work with us. And so we were able to get um, a grant for a hundred thousand dollars from the at fund uh, from the city of Wabash. And so with that, we created a rapid response, low interest loan program. Um, you know, I'll, and I'll I'll tip my hat to some of my peers around the state, Tim Eckerly and Grant County, for example, you know, they had started a, a a low interest rapid response, or I don't remember what they called it, but similar quick response loan fund. And so they shared some of their criteria that they were using and that kind of thing. And we built our program off of, you know, looking at that and some other programs that were out there
0: so what kind of companies then where, where was that targeted toward or who got who got those loans so these
1: were uh, open to any business in uh the, this one since it was uh, city seeded money it was open to any business in the city of wabash but we did not put that criteria out there so that if we got applications from outside of the city we were going to figure out how to loan that money if it was a good loan you know, either from our traditional or just from a capital campaign that we did last year. Uh, we can talk about the capital campaign too, because thank God of getting that in and wrapped up before this thing hit. But um, we um, uh, we opened it up. But I the ideal applicant for this was we set it as a 24 month term, six months interest only, so they essentially had 18 months to pay back the principal, and it's a 1 interest rate, and it was an unsecured. It's an unsecured loan too, right? So we really wanted to do, uh, and we know it's risky, right? But we were really trying to get money into the businesses that had no plan for this to have come by and, and shut their business down. So restaurants, we had several restaurants that applied to us. We had uh, several uh, like downtown type retail shops that applied to us. We had, uh, you know, uh, a massage therapist that had applied for us that couldn't practice or craft anymore. Um, you know a, a CrossFit gym you know kinds of those kinds of places that serve a valuable purpose in the community and just got whacked with this and they're so you know they still had to pay rent though right they still had to uh, pay for you know the food that they had taken right before this thing crashed and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so uh, we ended up doing 11 $7,500 maximum loans out of that fund we still have some funding set aside for it we're looking at doing a uh, second round of loans from that. And we've potentially lined up some other funding for it, but we've been rolling out other programs. So we're probably going to sit on the round two of the loan and see what happens with some grant programs and things like that that we've got. So um, in the meantime, uh, OCRA, uh, Office of Community Rural Affairs, came out with their grant program using the CDBG money. Um, We applied on behalf of the city of Wabash, and we also assisted the town of North Manchester in applying for uh, funds to set up a CDBG-funded job retention business grant program, and we were um, fortunate enough to get both of those grants funded. So we have $250,000 for both North Manchester and for uh, the city of Wabash businesses, so we have been uh, working through all of the the process of accepting applications for that and getting people qualified based upon low to moderate income percentage. But we have a half a million dollars uh, to play with on these grants here in Wabash County. So that's really taken up a lot of our efforts right now.
0: Um, so so as you've seen the applications come in, then what kinds of companies, uh, what kinds of things are are at least potential
1: you name it so we've had everything from restaurants to some of the salons and and beauty shops and those kinds of things To we've had some small manufacturers that have applied we've had um you know everything from main street to our industrial parks Um, it's um it's an interesting program i mean at the end of the day um, a business has to qualify based upon low to moderate income percentages of their employees and of their workforce and what their personal situations are. So um, there's some, there's some uh, documentation that has to come along with that program. But the application, I'll tell you, we, you know, it was announced uh, by the LG's office on Thursday. We had had the application like, set up as an online application ready to go. And so we launched it Friday morning. And uh, by from Friday morning to I think Sunday night we had I think twenty six applications in there, so there's a there's an interest in it for sure. Um, will everyone qualify? I hope um, but who knows right? I mean that was just for the Wabash one because the the um, North Manchester one is a is a handwritten application or a typed application so okay um. So we, uh, in the meantime, um, we've been working with other partners to try to figure out what um, other avenues are out there, right? So we've done a lot of business surveying. That's one of the things that I think has helped us be successful with getting the OCR grants and that kind of thing is because when we had that opportunity, we could go to them and say, we had 56 businesses reply to the first survey we did, and 28 to the second survey that we did, saying here's where the needs are,
0: okay. here's
1: what they think the impact to their business is, and here's how we can help.
0: Yeah, so, so I'm interested because I, I know there's been some discussion among your peers, and some have surveyed and others are pondering. So what kinds of questions were you asking those companies uh, when you were surveying and and how long was the survey? I'm guessing it couldn't have been very long.
1: no, so our first survey we got out in early March, right, right after the it hit so we used i think it was maybe fourteen questions, and it was um you know what do you anticipate the impact to be on payroll on headcount um are you going to have to shut down? are you going to have to lay people off you know and then what do you need from us essentially? Right. And, you know, we, when you ask people before this was before the PPP program and disaster money and all that stuff. So we got a lot of response because I think frankly, people were scared what was going to happen. Right. And so, you know, when you get an opportunity and you're scared with your business and it's your mm-hmm. livelihood, you take 10 minutes to fill out a survey to see if it can help you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that we knew what we needed to do on their loans and those kinds of things, and from that we also knew what we needed to pursue. Um, and from that we also um, it gave us um, it gave us an idea of where we could help, I guess. So um, the second round of surveying, we got a little more specific because at that point. Uh, the PPP program and the CARES Act and, you know, these things had already had started to come out. So then we're saying, were you able to utilize any of these programs or what's the gap that you still have? Mm-hmm. And then from there, try to figure out, you know, that was you know, what we could use as a basis for this OCR
0: grant and that kind of thing. Okay. So, so you referenced the fact that you're working with other groups in the community and, and uh, we've been, so we've been working with a coalition of, of statewide organizations that have members, uh, so it's the Chamber Executives Association and the Community Foundations, uh, but, so you have partly the advantage of having last year or the year before merged the economic development in the chamber. Uh, So how has that how has that merger helped you sort of have a broader perspective on helping local businesses and then who are you working with and, and what kinds of discussions are you having about, you know, sort of next steps in the community.
1: So um, so we merged in 17, it uh, became official in the middle of mid-year 17 uh, into the new grow Wabash County when we merged the economic development group of Wabash County and the Wabash County Chamber of Commerce together. So um, I think the advantage that it has given us is from an economic development standpoint, um, the old edge group um was probably less connected with Main Street businesses um, than it was with the business parks and industrial parks, um, and more manufacturing, less retail. So um, when we merged the organization, we merged in an organization that was a business services organization that primarily had less manufacturers that were members, but had a lot more uh, flower shops and restaurants and those kinds of things. And so having that connection to a lot of the small businesses um, already um, from having them come to events that we've hosted and trainings and, and doing traditional chamber sorts of activities has been helpful. Um, you know, we, um, between that and our entrepreneurship program and and those kinds of things, it's been, um, uh, I don't really think we had to miss too much of a beat. We were positioned to be able to react pretty quickly. I mean, but if you think about it, I mean this from early March to the beginning of May in the space of 60 days, I've loaned out almost a hundred thousand dollars in 11 loans. I've given out, you know, we applied for and received $250,000 grant uh, for this. I've given away gift cards. I've, uh, We have this uh, grant that we are finishing up this year, a two-year grant that we did with the IEDC, Um, and part of that for our entrepreneurship program, part of that is we had money set aside to do these business-in-a-box grants. Um, We were able to work with the IEDC to modify that grant agreement and allow us to Uh, give some unallocated funds and do more business in the box to businesses that have been hurt by this. Right. And it's essentially $3,000 grants to businesses to allow them to, that they, we force them to use local vendors to help them with marketing or accounting or something. And so some of our businesses that got hit pretty hard, you know, uh, web developers and marketing firms and stuff like that. Now, some of these restaurants are taking, you know, for example, are taking the time to build a new website that has uh, an e-commerce site so that they can do online ordering and things like that. We were able to fund that with one of these business in the box grants, you know. So it's those kinds of things being, you know, being that chamber and being connected to those businesses that we were able to react. To. I mean, like i was saying? Like in the last 60 days, we've managed to completely – shift what we've been doing to react uh to serve our community during a crisis that's not to say that i'm still not responding to leads we had four rfis that we've submitted between one that's due you know this coming week uh, or by the end of this week plus ones that we're doing the last i mean um in a normal time getting four rfis in a month would be a spectacular thing for a rural community right we've had <laughs> So we've, we've done four RFIs in the last two weeks, right? And uh, we're still trying to do grants and everything else, right?
0: Well, so that, that takes me then to sort of the, the final topic that, that I would like to cover. And, and uh, so you've, you've referenced 60 days, and, and this has probably been some of the most dramatic 60 days that any of us probably have seen in, in many ways. And when you think back 60 days, when when I think about what I was talking to people about in early March, it was about how do we uh, recruit human beings to the state of Indiana to fill open jobs? How do we build housing so that we have, when people move here, uh, because we were wrestling with a 2%, 3% unemployment rate. We expect we're going to come out of this with a double-digit unemployment rate uh, with lots of holes in our communities. So in 60 days from, from before and after, uh, how do you anticipate as you move out of this now and go forward, how has your job changed just in that period of time? What, what's going to be different about economic development post-COVID-19? You know, you always say the hard questions for last, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But only because I expect you to have an answer. Oh well, there you go. Uh, well, hopefully I can uh, help you out with that.
1: You know, I think at the end of the day, how I mean, how is the economic development going to be different? I mean, I think I think the organizations that weren't focusing on Main Street and weren't focusing on you know, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but they weren't focusing on the restaurants and the small retail businesses and those kinds of things and weren't really paying attention to those. Uh, I think uh, you don't know what you've got until it's gone sort of thing, right? And this has been a trying time that you're, as a we're going to lose some of those businesses, right? And then when you start to think about, okay, we've been very blessed in Wabash and North Manchester that our downtowns are pretty full right? Um, But when you start seeing holes appearing there, but we also know that we've had um, some of those people that have been such advocates for our community and investing in fixing up buildings and those kinds of things. Um, So some of our landlords are getting hurt, right? Because they weren't getting rent payments and those kinds of things. And so when uh, you're reliant on those kinds of things, um, that becomes problematic. So I think what's, Changing is, I mean, you're not going to see a wholesale change, I don't think, in the whole economic development industry, right? But I do think that you're going to see more attention being paid to retail, right? I think more attention being paid to um, long term planning to make sure that you have something in place. You know, um, when these loans get paid back to us, um, am I going to take that money and immediately start putting it into my operations budget? Absolutely not. That money when that money comes back is going to be for the next disaster right because at the end of the day and we've all been in, in in this industry long enough that you know every 10 years you're going to have something right uh hopefully it's not more frequently than 10 years but you know you're going to have something else that comes along an economic downturn or whatever and where you could use this kind of thing um i do think that there's some opportunity for Indiana. I think there's some opportunity for rural America, right? Um, I'm glad that I was, you know, if I'm going to have to be socially distanced and um, quarantined or whatever, I would rather do it where I live out in the country and I've got, you know, several acres to run around on and still can get outside and play and get sunshine and not have to worry about getting into an elevator and a high rise apartment in a large city that, the guy before me has been coughing on everything, right? Um, I think there's some opportunity from a talent attraction for us that Indiana should take advantage of, particularly in rural America, right? How do you show people that there's a quality of life here and an opportunity here that we should be able to capitalize on? Um, I think one thing that, you know, maybe the biggest change is like the fact that we're recording this podcast via Zoom, right? Right. Um, oh. City council meetings, Zoom into. Um, I'm hosting our. You know, we staff our city's rede- the city of Wabash's Redevelopment Commission. We're doing that via Zoom at four o'clock today, right? Um, we can do these kinds of meetings. Uh, how many? How many Zooms do you have in the course of a day over the last uh, two months, right? I, this is my fourth one today. Yep. So, yep. I, I've been the only person in my office for two months. So, this is. Uh, it's been. Pretty amazing. Uh, I think it shows some of the shortfalls as well, right? Um, not everyone has strong rural broadband. We're very blessed in Wabash County with the, the MetroNet project we did, you know, with a public uh, public infrastructure support to run fiber internet to uh, a lot of our uh, a lot of our communities, um, and working with uh, our Heartland REMC on a on a rural broadband project to bring fiber to about the other 90% of the of the rural customers that didn't have it within the next five years. So, um, you know, we're, we're setting that stage so that if there is another situation like this, um, we can, um, we have that connectivity, we have uh, that. And, you know, the whole point of us doing that Metronet project in the very first place was that people could, um, you know, telecommute to Cupertino, California and take a job at Apple and still live in Indiana, right?
0: Right. So, uh, last thing, and, I, and I, I thought you might touch on this because I know it's something that you've thought about a lot. Uh, it seems to me uh, that um, as you're thinking about filling some of those holes, what role do you think entrepreneurship and supporting entrepreneurs is going to play in, in your recovery?
1: I think it plays a big role. Um, We have um, tried to build out a pretty robust entrepreneurial support program over the last few years because we think that that is an important step for the economic growth of Wabash County. Um, We have a history of innovation in this community from, you know, recent things like the five hour energy drinks to uh, the Ford mirror box company, which is 125 years old and is our, still our largest employer and has been for 125 years. Right. Um, and every point in between. Um, and so uh, I think we had gotten away from trying to support young entrepreneurs, particularly and innovators. Um, there wasn't a good system. Um, in the last few years we've been able to build up what we're pretty proud of with, uh, Um, with an entrepreneurship system in our local high schools. Uh, Proof is into putting uh, the last two years with the states uh, innovate within competition. You know, the Northeast Regional, we've put seven of the ten finalists uh, in the Northeast region have been from Wabash County schools, um, from a school in Wabash County. Um, We put two in the state finals last year. Unfortunately, you know, of course, we were robbed this year um, and didn't put anybody in the state finals this year, but... I mean, it wasn't our fault, right? It was the judges. Uh So I I think, um, you know, that entrepreneurial uh, support system is more crucial than ever um, to be able to build these, you know, local homegrown businesses that have roots here. Um, It's it's a lot harder to get somebody to leave when they've been nurtured and supported in a community and their roots are here than it is from, you know, trying to, Attract in a uh, you know company from overseas or whatnot. Not right. that that's still not a valid, you know, not that that that's not a still a valid uh, um, you know strategy, but it's not the most important one for us.
0: Okay, so what haven't I asked you that you that you uh, feel like you want to talk about before we close?
1: Yeah, I think we I think we've been pretty good. I mean, I would just uh, I would just say um, again. The amazing part is all this in the last sixty days, right? Um, we have went from the top of the mountain with a, as you mentioned in your email to me, you know, two or three percent unemployment rate to, Lord knows what it's going to be, you know, when the April numbers come out. But uh, not not good, right? right not good. But um, in the last sixty days, from you know the swing that we've been through, but I think I think we're going to be on the upswing. You know, the economy is opening up now that people are starting to, you know, just, just uh, I've, I've come into my office every day for the last 60 days, right. Or every work day, at least um, I've had all my staff working from home. So I've been the only one here. Um, <laughs> I made this comment to the mayor of, uh, you know, going to get lunch a couple times and that kind of thing that, you know, a lot less traffic on the roads like it's easier to turn out of our parking lot you know those kinds of things i can take a left turn on cast street you know and, and it's not that big of a deal i will tell you uh just from yesterday with which would have been the fourth uh the day when some of the businesses were allowed to start opening back up uh sitting to take a left out of my parking lot to make a turn it was a noticeable uptick in the amount of traffic and i'm like Wow, I didn't miss this traffic,
0: but I'm glad it's there. <laughs> right? Wow. So. Yeah. So I think yeah, well, all we're all going to kind of relearn a whole bunch of things all over again. Keith, thanks a lot yeah. for your time. So, so this Absolutely. has been another one of our uh, "economic development is more important than ever" podcasts. Today, I've been talking to Keith Gillenwater, president and CEO of Grow Wabash County. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association and all rights are reserved.